This is Wisconsin Water News, a production of the University of Wisconsin Sea Grant Program. I'm your host, Marie Zwickoff. Today's episode is The Drama of Docks, Sea Grant Expertise Aids Wisconsin Court Decisions on Beach Erosion. A few years ago, Jean Clark, Wisconsin Sea Grant's coastal engineer, got a call from the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources about a problem. Residents of Madeline Island and Lake Superior were complaining that a neighbor's pier seemed to be causing erosion on their beaches. The DNR wanted Clark to come to the island and take a look. Clark says that it's common for the DNR to ask him for objective advice. If they have an issue or a a significant erosion problem or project that somebody wants to do, to ask me to either look at just the plans that they're submitting for permit application or to walk, go out with them. And that's what this was. The conditions were evident to Clark right away. There was very definite a buildup of material on the updrift side and a very significant deficit on the downdrift side of sand. After doing more research, he learned that the problem probably started even before the current owners bought the property. They inherited a dock and a concrete pad built for a commercial fishing operation. The structures interfered with the natural dispersal of sand along the beach. The problem intensified when the owners, Philip and Terry Myers, added onto the structure under a permit issued by the DNR in 2001 until they had a large dock with parts of the old ones still in place. So some of my conclusions were that that the entirety of the group of structures that are there now are making a difference on the, on the downdrift side. It's just difficult to, to pull out how much of that is attributable to the new portion that the current dock owner built because there's still remnants as part of his and hers design. And another issue that I thought was they had one opening, one kind of small opening, But right behind it, about 20 feet, was remnants of another dock almost to the water level. So it was blocking any flow. It would allow very little flow because it quickly filled up. You know, I couldn't attribute it how much was to the different changes to it, but clearly the combination of all of them were making a difference. One neighboring property owner complained to the DNR that he had lost about 80% of his beach. Another called Clark because her former large beach was now nothing but a five-foot embankment. Just the property owners adjacent were just calling them all the time, and the lady called me when they got my name and was crying on the phone. There's a little cabin that sticks out a little bit more than mm-hmm. their little cabin, and they rented that out, and once this erosion started, people stopped wanting to rent it. They said, well, we liked a nice beach that we could make campfires at, and now there's just a big uh, five-foot scarf, and it's not too far from the cabin, and so they said, we're going to lose all this business, and I mean, they were, it was really affecting them. A storm had damaged the pier, and the Myerses wanted to make it more solid and larger. In cooperation with the DNR and Philip Myers, Clark worked on a design idea that would allow the dock to be sturdier, yet make it more permeable so that the sand could travel naturally down the beach to the neighbor's properties. Myers did not agree to the eventual plans, so the DNR denied him a permit for reconstruction. 
Myers took the case to the Wisconsin Court of Appeals District 3. Citing Clark's information in three instances, the court ruled against Mr. Myers, noting that his reconstruction plans would cause increased shoreline erosion for his neighbors. Myers then took the case to the Wisconsin Supreme Court. After reviewing the briefs filed by the DNR and Myers, on January 18, 2019, the court ruled in favor of Myers, saying that the DNR did not have the authority to amend the Myers's permit granted in 2001. This effectively reversed the Court of Appeals decision. In the Wisconsin Supreme Court decision, the judges cited Clark's report, honing in on his expert view that it was extremely difficult to estimate how much, if any additional littoral material trapping is occurring due only to the Myers's new pier structures. The judges contend that the dock permit is akin to a building permit, which can no longer be modified after construction is complete after the time period specified in the permit. In this case, it was three years. They said that although the DNR possesses a limited right to modify a permit until the earlier of the expiration date of the permit or the date when the peer placement was completed, that right does not include the ability to require partial removal of a peer and substantial modification to a permit over 14 years after a peer was placed. In effect, the Myers's permit expired, so the DNR could not require modifications to their peer. In a dissenting opinion, Justice Ann Walsh Bradley argued that piers are not like buildings because they are constructed in the more dynamic environment of water rather than the more static element of land. She thinks the pier permitting statutes give the DNR the right to amend permits and set forth a continuing obligation to meet the permit requirements. The question raised in this case is what happens when a pier meets the criteria of state statutes when it is initially installed, but at some point conditions change and the pier no longer meets the statutory requirements, Bradley writes. The statute dictates that if the requirements are not met, then a permit shall not issue. This means that the non-compliant condition must be corrected. She said the court's decision renders the DNR toothless to fix similar situations where a pier is not functioning properly, even if it obstructs navigation, is a detriment to the public interest, or reduces flood flow capacity. This fascinating case has gone as far as it can for now. Whatever the decision, Clark said he was satisfied that the courts and the DNR used his expertise to make their arguments in line with the Wisconsin Sea Grant's role as a purveyor of evidence-based information. While the case was going through the courts, natural coastal processes continued in Lake Superior. Several more storms destroyed much of the pier. So although this case may have a long-lasting impact on the way the DNR manages permits, the structures that raised the issue are no longer functioning. The lake, it seems, issued the final verdict. That's it for this episode of Wisconsin Water News, just one of the ways that Wisconsin Sea Grant promotes the sustainable use of Great Lakes resources through research, education, and outreach. Thank you to Jean Clark, and thank you for listening.